Hello, celestial citizens. I'm Helen Flourish, and welcome to Continuum. The universe is expanding, and so is the space industry. With all the new developments, announcements, and launches, it can be a lot to keep up with. So we're here to help. Continuum is a news outlet that's making space news relevant for the next generation and boldly challenging the status quo. Whether it's new discoveries and developments in technology, or how what we're doing in space affects us here on Earth, we'll cover it all. You can find our stories on our website, continuum-hq.com, and in our newsletter, which comes out every other week. Not only does our newsletter include links to our original features, but it also contains a rundown of some top headlines from the week, as well as recommended space reads from around the web. You can find links to our website and how to subscribe to our newsletter in the episode description. Whether you're a space enthusiast or just starting to look up to the stars, we'll take the highlights from the week and share them for you here. We are the outlet providing space news for everyone. So without further ado, here's Continuum. First up, we got a new segment for you, the SpaceX Second, because we all know you want to hear more about Elon Musk. Just kidding, but there is a lot of SpaceX news this week, so buckle in for our top headlines. On Monday, in a much-awaited update, the FAA finally issued the results of their environmental review of SpaceX and its operations at Starbase in Boca Chica, Texas, where the company hopes to launch its Starship spacecraft. The takeaway is that SpaceX can continue their work in Boca Chica, but under a few conditions. 75 operational adjustments, in fact. They include more forewarning of road closures, arranging transportation for SpaceX employees to avoid traffic congestion, and monitoring of wildlife in the area by a qualified biologist. Even when SpaceX has checked everything off the list, it will still need to obtain a launch license from the FAA. Nevertheless, the company seemed to take this report in stride, tweeting that they are one step closer to the first orbital flight test of Starship. On the same day the FAA decision came out, SpaceX announced it had raised $1.68 billion through equity financing. Although the company had looked to raise $1.75 billion, $1.68 is nothing to scuff at. Unless it's your GPA. Then maybe you should try to get that to $1.75. With all this good news, things must be hunky-dory at SpaceX, right? Well, apparently not. On Thursday, The Verge obtained a letter from SpaceX employees criticizing the lack of accountability of leadership, especially towards Elon Musk. In their letter, they state, quote, Elon's behavior in the public sphere is a frequent source of distraction and embarrassment for us, particularly in recent weeks. As our CEO and most prominent spokesperson, Elon is seen as the face of SpaceX. Every tweet that Elon sends is a de facto public statement by the company. End quote. The letter goes on to suggest changes that the company should implement, including publicly addressing and condemning Elon's Twitter behavior, holding all leadership at SpaceX accountable to making SpaceX a great place to work, and, quote, define and uniformly respond to all forms of unacceptable behavior, end quote. SpaceX has touted its no-asshole policy in the past, but the employees behind the letter feel that it hasn't been clearly defined or enforced. We will certainly be looking at SpaceX to see what they do next. Moving on from SpaceX, last week the James Webb Space Telescope was hit by a micrometeoroid. But don't worry, $10 billion did not just go to waste. In a press release, NASA assured the public that collisions with these minuscule asteroid fragments, which are usually smaller than a grain of sand, are normal and were anticipated. Although the micrometeoroid in question was larger than scientists planned for, they stated that JWST is still operating at a level that exceeds all mission requirements despite a marginally detectable effect in the data. We hope that Webb is still on track to deliver some great pictures, and if so, July 12th can't come fast enough. 
Next, rough weekend for Astra. The launch provider for NASA's Tropical Storm Tracking Cube satellites failed to deliver their payload this past Sunday. Launching the first two of six satellites out of Florida, Astra did manage to get the satellites off the ground. But due to an upper stage engine malfunction, the satellites were lost in space. Astra's stock fell 25% the next day. This is the company's second launch failure since February, so here's hoping the next Tropics launch goes smoothly. All right, and next up, section six. And three, two, one. In some lighter news, Team Ingenuity is on a roll. This past weekend, the team behind the Martian helicopter accepted the National Aeronautic Association's Collier Trophy, an award given annually to the greatest achievement in aeronautics or astronautics in America, with respect to improving the performance, efficiency, and safety of air or space vehicles. A momentous occasion indeed. Following this acceptance, the Ingenuity Copter completed its 29th flight this week, the first since the Martian winter started. Despite battling a dead navigation sensor, it still managed to fly for a little over a minute to get itself closer to the Perseverance rover for better communication signals. As the saying goes, Mars robots of a feather flock together. What's a ship without a crew? Boeing has announced its first two astronauts for Starliner's first crewed spaceflight. Veteran astronauts Suni Williams and Butch Wilmore will fly the Crew Flight Test, or CFT, mission later this year, with astronaut Mike Fink serving as the backup. The three have been training together since the uncrewed flight of Starliner last month. CFT will be a two-week mission to the ISS, enough time to meet all NASA and Boeing test objectives. It's great to finally see Starliner chugging along. And lastly, some astronomy news. We've got a case of a hungry, hungry black hole. Researchers from Australia have discovered a rapidly growing and increasingly destructive black hole that, according to Space.com, is swallowing the mass equivalent of one Earth every second. The famished system is 3 billion times the mass of our sun and is 500 times bigger than the supermassive black hole at the center of the Milky Way. All this destruction of mass has even resulted in a quasar that is blasting out enough energy to make it 7,000 times brighter than the light from every star in the Milky Way. Not only do researchers believe this gourmand is the fastest growing black hole to exist in the last 9 billion years, but the quasar is also the most luminous of these events for around the past two-thirds of the universe's 13.8 billion year existence. What a find. Let's hope it doesn't grow so big and develop an appetite for life-bearing blue planets in our corner of the solar system. And now on to our next segment, Moonshot. If we're going to get to space, we're going to need a lot of help. Here's some highlights from the commercial companies that are taking us there. A few weeks ago, Collins Aerospace was awarded a service contract for NASA's Exploration Extravehicular Activity, or XEVAS, program. And it seems like Cytus Space will be coming along for the ride. The critical hardware manufacturing company will aid Collins as it works on projects like new spacesuits, ancillary hardware, and other EVA tools. Former Vice Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staffs and retired four-star Air Force General John Hyten will be joining Blue Origin. Hyten will serve as a strategic advisor as well as the executive director for the company's Club of the Future Foundation, where he will focus on community outreach and engagement activities to encourage students to become scientists, engineers, and explorers. Sierra Space has announced it will be launching the world's first fully integrated commercial human space flight center and astronaut training academy. The program will be led by Dr. Janet Cavandi, a veteran NASA astronaut, and will train three categories of astronauts, professional career astronauts, specialist astronauts, and experiential astronauts. Each category has its own parameters and goals, but the three are all centered around getting astronauts to work, operate, or live on the upcoming commercial space station Orbital Reef. 
Ahead of its mid-July launch, Firefly Aerospace's co-founder Tom Markusik will be stepping down as CEO and will remain with the company as its CTO. Spacenews.com suggests that this may be due to investors' AE industrial partners wanting new leadership at the company, as they had acquired a significant stake in Firefly four months prior. And that's it for this week. As a reminder, if you want to check out our original features, head to our website, continuum-hq.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at continuum.hq and Twitter at continuum underscore HQ. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date with what's going on in space. And while you're there, leave us a review so others can find us as well. And of course, subscribe to our Continuum newsletter on Substack for curated space news content. Tune in two weeks from now to keep up to date with all the cool stuff happening up in that big, beautiful cosmos we're all floating around in. Continuum, one giant leap every other week.